You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Sword Art Online After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sword Art Online After Show. Hey there, AfterBuzz fans. We have a very special episode of the Sword Art Online AfterBuzz panel today. Are you guys excited? Oh, yeah. So excited. Yeah. Uh, joining me on the panel today is Tari Miller. Makinayo. <laughs> Always my favorite. Then. Liz Rishmaui. Hey, guys. What's going on? And unfortunately, Katie Cullen can't be here today, but we have a very, very special guest, writer, director, producer, Voice actor extraordinaire Matthew Mercer. Hi. <laughs> I guess I guess I have to follow yours and be like, you can say Well done. Um, Matthew Mercer does the voice of Grimlock uh, from the episode that we covered last week. He's also done a ton of different things in the voice acting industry for um, Funimation for a bunch of different stuff. You're also on tons and tons of web series and video games. Is there anything you haven't done? I haven't climbed Mount Everest. Okay, that's And I fair. probably never will because I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I will freeze today. It's awfully high, that, that incline. There is that, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm good with everything else, though. Okay, cool. Maybe you'll hear him scream if he fell off the edge of the mountain. Like, he has a really good projection. Yeah, he didn't. He did a terrible job climbing the mountain, but by God, did he nail the scream! (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I gotta be good at something, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) So um, let's go ahead and we'll we'll get into this week's episode. Well, uh, the temperature of the heart. We'll we'll talk about that. But real quick, since we have you in the studio, we'd like to talk a little bit about your experience on the show last week. Uh, What's it like recording for this show? Uh, well, I, I, for one thing, uh, have been a long-time hardcore gamer, and I played MMOs, you know, and role-playing games my entire life. Everything from old-school MUDs in, in high school and college to the early days of Ultima Online to EverQuest, Anarchy Online, Asheron's Call. I can go on forever. He you cosplayed. Know. <laughs> you know, like I, have, I, have, I have some serious geek cred here. Um, so this show definitely already appealed to me just based on, on the source material and the idea behind it. Uh, and uh, being able to play a character as, as kind of dark and... and <laughs> immoral and, and messed up murderous as, as Grimlock is a nice reveal. It's been a lot of blast. Villains are always so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah he's not. He's as we learned last week, he's a terrible human being. It's a terrible <laughs> human being. What's it, what was it like getting into that mindset? Because I, I imagine it takes time to kind of develop like how you approach that. Uh, it depends. Uh, no, no, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, especially since all, a lot of characters, especially around that time that I recorded this, I was doing a lot of uh, bigger cartoon type characters or things that younger, more energetic. And so being able to step from those into a character that was much more reserved and much more calm in his sociopath <laughs> you know lifestyle was was great you know it's, it's you know if you go, if a girl's going to spite you or at least not get the attention you deserve sometimes you have to ask her to be nice to you or kill her um, getting chills listening you know? over here I'm like oh god it sounds like 
logical when he says it like that. <laughs> I have to ask a question, though. Just It bothered me in last week's episode. We got into a little stint about it. But how do you feel it was uh, the reaction? Because basically he was all like, so I had to get rid of her. And then she was like, you never loved her. And then like literally after like a two-minute rant from Asana, he's just like, oh, God, what have I done? And it wasn't like, even a two-minute rant. It was like 30, like 30 two seconds. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you feel like, do you feel like that's realistic in the sense? Or did you, was it believable? Like, uh, that I, the character could just break down and realize that he was wrong? I, I, I think it is possible. I think he's, he might just be a very busy man and he hadn't time to stop <laughs> and really like, think huh. about it. <laughs> and he's like, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so busy plotting this murder, I didn't bother to stop to think if murder was actually a good idea. <laughs> but, you know, some, some people just to get caught in their own head, I guess. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is plausible, though, you know, not necessarily normal or <laughs> viable in most circumstances, but, you know, it works with the story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, what else is believable except for being sucked into a virtual reality world and getting stuck there? Where ghosts can, obvi- can apparently exist yeah. as we saw at the yeah. end of the episode. Because that's the unbelievable thing. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, there was a little part of me that was kind of sad because years and years and years ago I was working on a screenplay for uh, about a boy who lost his grandmother. They, they played MMO online together and then all of a sudden met her in the game and then like what? the game began to bleed into the real world and I got halfway through it uh, and then just didn't touch it for a few years and then started getting into Sword Art Online and went, oh well, I guess I don't have to worry about picking that script <laughs> up again. They pretty much hit all the beats here. Okay, cool. That's so funny. <laughs> just like, darn it! I know, but, but it's glad at least it's Curse done. you, Reki yeah. Kawahara! <laughs> you <laughs> stole my idea! <laughs> no, I probably would have just gathered dust and never happened if he hadn't, so I'm glad somebody at least put it out there. There you go. It worked out a little. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... Um, so overall, um, what's um, have you watched the series all the way through? I haven't watched the whole way through. I've watched the first like uh, seven or eight episodes or so, and then just been busy. But it's on it's on my queue. <laughs> I, have a, I have a whole stack of video games and anime and movies that are just sitting at the front of my table in my living room that I'll eventually get to. <laughs> um, Sword Art was easy to watch because of different conventions and stuff. They do viewings and stuff, and I have a couple hours to kill. I'll try and catch up. So that's where I saw most of those. But mm. soon. No, it's the same thing. Um, I'm going through the series the first time right now. Um, Tari's seen through. Liz is a little bit ahead of us, I think. I think I'm like the very beginning of the second season. So okay, so your song has changed. That was my cue. The theme song has changed. Like okay, okay, stuff just got real. The theme song's different now. Basically, whoa, whoa. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we can go ahead and start talking about yeah. this week's episode. We're going to get back to my buddy Matt here, and in in after we recap, and then we can go ask more questions. But uh, I think the people want to recap. All right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we we open up on uh, what I believe what's the forty eighth floor, Lindis. Lindus? Yes, that's how you say. It. Yes. Linda. It's June of two thousand twenty four. They've been in this game for so long. Um, Is it like a year and a half now? It's or? a year and About. a half, and I think in the next episode, it's officially been two years. Ooh. So they have been in this game for so long. <laughs> I can't. How have they not caught Those this guy? Those guys in Korea <laughs> that like die after like forty eight hours or whatever it is without eating or sleeping uh, don't know nothing. <laughs> they don't know nothing. To be Jeez. fair, I spent about two and a half years in Outlands and World of Warcraft, so I can kind of understand. Oh, no, wow, they can working. get lost for that long. That's so, true. Yeah. A lot to do. <laughs> Turns out, like they could leave whenever they wanted. Everybody just chose not yeah, to. I just want to build the <laughs> reputation, you know, with two different factions and get that nice epic gear. It's cool. <laughs> That's fair. So we um, this is another episode that, uh, like we had with Silica's episode, um, we don't open up on Kirito. We actually open up on Liz uh, Lizbeth's Smith shop. I like which... to pretend it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you looked at me like Liz, Liz 
Beth. <laughs> Liz, well, she goes by Liz the yeah. entire episode. Yeah. Uh, Liz Smith's shop. And um, we actually see Asana. Asana mentioned, uh, I believe, uh, two episodes ago, that she had a friend who was a Smith. Mm-hmm. And now we actually get to see who that is. I'm kind of glad that they followed up on that. She's adorable. Yeah. She is. She's got little pink hair, and she's got this cute little dress, and she she has tons and tons of swords. So she's actually really good. And it opens up on the two of them having a conversation, and um, Elizabeth is finishing up a project for Asana, and Asana's like, I've got to go. I've got this thing, and... Um, <laughs> And I Liz, need someone. <laughs> Liz notices that she's wearing these really pretty earrings. She's like, oh, you better go. It's rude to keep a date waiting. She's like, totally not like that. It's totally like that. <laughs> I'm Even just if she doesn't know because it that's the thing that she changed were the earrings. Because when I go on a date, you better notice my damn earrings. <laughs> You're telling me. I got like four or five pairs I could swap through. Right? It makes it very useful. Got to enhance it. If he doesn't mention it, it's just like, ah. <laughs> well, waste. Well, and what's really funny is that it sounds like she's going off to meet Kirito. Yeah. And so that's why she's like, it's totally not like that. And of course, us as an audience, we're like, it's totally like that, yeah. even if they don't know it yet. But um, they're so and- awkward. It reminds me of my high school years. <laughs> it, well, they are high school kids. Yeah. That's the thing to keep in mind. Like anytime we see something where we roll our eyes and we're like, oh my gosh, it's that. You do have to keep in mind they're still in high school kids who are thrown into kind of this extraordinary situation. Yeah. So all things considered, they're doing okay. Yeah. But we totally got past that out of high school. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Not ever a thing anymore. If we, stay in this, if we stay in this game for one more year, I think I automatically graduate, so. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Ugh. It's like, what do you mean, math? I had to learn sword fighting and, and kendo. And Could you imagine, like, you miss, like, your, um, your, like, 21st birthday party? You're like, I could be going out and drinking, but I'm stuck in this game. Well, they're in Japan, so once they turn 18, I think that's... That's no. true. It's a little different. As long but, as you finish, like, the GED quest line, I think it's <laughs> Yeah, is there a way that you can get, like, <laughs> high school credits within Sword Art yeah, It's a giant monster that has, like, a giant ruler, and she's slapping well, over I just kind of, uh, just, like, stepping back and wondering what's going on in the real world right now. I'm wondering how many lawsuits are happening right now. <laughs> how many like just sort of like real world things that would happen if something like kind of this grand scale disaster sort of right. happened. So many lawsuits. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't sue someone you can't find. <laughs> That's true, but you can see the company that made the stuff. That's true. Yep. But um, in any case, Elizabeth uh, <laughs> is working uh, when all of a sudden Kirito comes into her shop and he's wondering if she makes custom orders. And she looks him up and down and goes, This guy clearly doesn't have a whole lot of money. Yeah, I love mm. it. Uh, he's wearing all black and nothing really fancy. Man, he, he must be poor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she's really surprised when he pulls out his sword, which is Elucinator, I believe? Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah um, sorry, the series of names. <laughs> but, uh, and he wants to see if she has a sword that's like on par with that, or hopefully even better. And so she pulls out what she calls her masterpiece, and she's like, here you go. And he's like, do you mind if I test it out? And she's like, um... And he breaks slaps it. it against his sword, and it breaks her masterpiece in half. And just like like any time an item expires, we see it like erupt into these little polygons. And Kirito's like, oh, I guess it wasn't that great of a sword <laughs> to begin with. I like this moment because it was like um, going into a museum, uh, looking at Starry Night and putting your fist through it. <laughs> Like, it's pretty yeah. much what he did. <laughs> yeah. That's an He's amazing like, mental... That's that's a great mental image, by the way. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> Van Gogh wasn't that great of a painter, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
so nonconformist. Whatever. <laughs> I think what we're learning is don't let Tari go into a museum. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good enough. It meets my fists. <laughs> Tari is not a friend of the arts. Anyway, so um, she's clearly upset. And Kirito's, well, like, okay, fine. You know, I'll, I'll help you. Um, I'll help you on your quest to get stuff to cause make she's, a new one. Yeah, to make a new one. And so um, they, and he's like, but it's probably better if you wait here. And she's like, look, there's something on the 55th floor. There's an item that's within this dragon. And uh, you have to actually have a Master Smith with you in order to get this item. So ha. So ha. He was you just have like, to bring it no, with me. you just get in my way. And he was which... literally like, you'll slow me down. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, it's just <laughs> this like, is probably, a theme. Yeah. Well, this is probably the rudest we've ever seen Kirito. Um, I mean, granted, we get like snippets of it, but he tones it down with Asuna, or he's very apologetic with Asuna, because Asuna will beat him into the ground (laughs) if he keeps it up. Um, So, like, it's really kind of obnoxious to see more of this side of Kirito. Well, we know that he's not that bad of a guy. He's just insanely rude. Right. Yeah. Well, I felt like this episode, in terms of his character, it should have taken place more closer to the uh, Red-Nosed Reindeer thing, because, like, he was worried about putting other people in danger. He hadn't really gotten a sense of friendship yet. Like. Yeah, and he he's still carrying that guilt, as yeah. we'll find on later on. So well, I think this is the episode where he finally lets go of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have to say the same thing. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure if I felt responsible for the death of several people, it would probably stick with me for probably more than a couple of years. So yeah. give some credit <laughs> that at least he's, like, functioning. Yeah. Right. We're um, like, oh, he's not over that already? That was, like, four episodes ago. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Not just blood or anything. It's pretty. It's Christmas. <laughs> so then him, him, him and Grimlock it. can hang out then. Yeah. Yeah. Totally cool. Yeah. So much um, about your wife, man. I still yeah. wonder where they took Grimlock. I'm just like, yeah. Laughing. We we don't really know. But we were kind of debating. We're like, did they go off to kill him? Did they take him to jail? Did they just sort of? <laughs> well, he's just, our business now. Don't yeah. worry. About yeah. It. yeah, they just locked him in a townhouse somewhere and townhouse. gave him cable. <laughs> For some reason, I thought when you said townhouse, I thought of a town car, like a Lincoln town car. Just like, <laughs> they, gave, they gave him a town car. He's locked in it. He yeah. no keys or anything. <laughs> the AC doesn't work. No! <laughs> Grimlock's living out of a car now. <laughs> Quick little uh, trivia fact for you guys. Um, oh, I, it's not really a spoiler. Uh, I can't say it. It's about, it's about Grimlock, but it, yeah. Oh, it's but it's a spoiler? Uh, <laughs> not really. But you'll see it shows his name logging out, like, at one point. And it's, like, really quick, but you can't tell. Please tell me they cart him off to jail or something. <laughs> Wait, like, in this episode they do it, or you're talking about some time later? Just don't worry about it. Damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna, None of your business. That's going to be in the back nothing. of it's be in the back of my mind now, future episodes. It has absolutely nothing to do with the storyline. It's okay. just, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm so upset. <laughs> anyway. anyway. And I'm looking at Matthew. I'm like, what do you know? He logged <laughs> off in his town car. I'm sorry. <laughs> he logs off the game and he's just driving away through the country now. Exactly. Jesus. With no working air conditioning. Because <laughs> that's what he deserves. Yeah. Anyway. So back to this episode. So they go up to the... Uh, to the 55th floor, which is the Western Mountain, which is basically like that mountain in Lord of the Rings that they couldn't actually cross because there's so much snow. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it reminded me of. They're like, gosh, the the 
you know, going through the mines is a better option. It's yeah. really, yeah, even yeah. though it wasn't. But um, she's anyway, freezing. <laughs> yeah, it's just cold. And she's like, I had no idea that this floor was going to be so freaking cold. And so Kirita throws a coat at her, and she's like, Aren't you going to need it? He's like, You don't feel cold if you're disciplined. And like, walks <laughs> oh, away. And she's like, Oh my God, you are such an ass. But she notices something um, when she puts the coat on. She's like, Oh. It's warm, which is a really weird thing to kind of think about because the coat itself is just ones and zeros. Their body in the game is just ones and zeros. But she can feel the warmth from his body heat as though they were actually there. Mm. So that's something that she kind of notices and that was kind of like, huh. So it makes her stop and think. Well, that whole thing, like, really interests me because, I mean, the whole thing with feeling and senses. I mean, they eat things and things can be delicious. So even though everything's technically, like, binary code, mm-hmm. it, it's actually working, hooked up to yeah. their brain or whatever part of the brain that senses or tastes or feels or touches those things is actually working toward it. So this is like, I mean, it's really impressive technology. I mean, this guy <laughs> is a psychopath for keeping everybody locked in there, but he's pretty damn he's, genius. He's done his homework. I mean, <laughs> like, anyway. No, and we've actually gotten, we, we've posed questions to a lot of the viewers, and people have been nice enough on YouTube to, like, answer our questions regarding, like, the the sort of ways that people can or can't feel pain. And so um, we've gotten some kind of conflicting results on that. But thank you guys for, for reaching out and trying to help us out with understanding that. We really appreciate it. We know nothing, John. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, It kind of looked like they were up in the north on the wall. That's what huh? I was thinking the entire time. <laughs> well, unlike Game of Thrones, there actually is a dragon up in the north yeah. doing stuff instead of just Flying. hanging out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out. Eating yeah. goats. Attacking people. Yeah, and um, he basically, uh, Kirito basically tells her, you know, get your teleportation crystal ready. I'm going to fight the dragon. And she's like, whatever. I don't need to be out here. And before he can kind of kill it, um, she gets knocked away and looks like she's falling into this giant yeah. chasm. And Kirito, um, but I you love know. But I love that whole scene, though, because she's just like, why? You got her. You went, no! And it's just like, like the, the air from the wings or something just kind of like blew a bunch of snow or everything. And the snow, I think, is what knocked into the, the chasm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And But he goes in and tries to absorb like the impact of their fall, which, as we saw from last week's episode, a fall from a great height doesn't necessarily kill you in Sword Art Online. Yeah. For those of you who are committed to the craft of faking your own death, <laughs> you do a very good job of landing flat on your face. Yes. Um, and all you have to do is drink a potion afterwards and you're and the okay. in the hospital. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> That's all that happens. Is it, she waking up? No. It very much reminded me of like Legend of Zelda, when you do jump off of a very high thing, you land on your feet and then, like, your heart gauge goes down and he's like, ow! (laughs) My ankles are shattered. And if it's, it's, like, really, really, like, low, when like... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you if you had the N64 rumble pack and like oh, yeah. the thing would just like shake like nonstop like why did you make me jump from that? <laughs> that horrible horrible sound. Beep, 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 <laughs> and that follows you until you can get um more hearts. Um but it's basically like that here. Um they're they're alive. They survived the fall, but I think this is the lowest we've ever seen Kirito's HP gauge because it's in the red, I Orange think. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. yeah. And so um they they have a potion and they Kirito gets the bright idea. I I can just run up, up the, the wall, wall. <laughs> and out, and we see that that doesn't really work all that well. I want somebody to make a music video online to Defying Gravity, and I'm like, you can't bring me down, and it just like automatically shows all these anime characters just falling on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. Would anybody be can take that because I really yeah. don't know like video editing or anything. So go ahead, do it, do it. <laughs> 
Make it tweeted at us. Yes, please do. It would be hilarious. Um, anyway, so they're basically stuck there for the night. And so they're camping out because they can't use their teleportation crystals. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of off the grid at this point. Um, and so they're kind of stuck. So they're sitting there and um, they're kind of chit-chatting with one another. And um, I'm trying to remember uh, exactly what it was that Kirito said, but she said, basically, why did you save me? And he says something along the lines of he can't bear to see anybody die in front of them. And I think that's, you know, hearkening back to a couple episodes ago when, um, you know. Get over it. I know. Get over it, Kirito. (laughs) We're over it. You should be over it, too. She Um, said she didn't blame you. God. (laughs) He needs to move on. But, um, and so, like, they, they kind of end uh, that particular scene with them holding hands. And just like with the coat, she notices that she can feel the warmth of his hand. There's always mm-hmm. a moment with, like, I mean, he's such a, like, a horrible player. You know what I mean? Not player, like, game, but I mean, like, player. You know, like, because he doesn't realize, I don't think, like, what's going on or anything. And then it's always, like, leading with some girl either, like, in a bed with him or close to a bed with him. Just, like, hold my hand. And it's, like... I feel like we've had like five episodes in a row where just a girl falls in love with Kirito every single time. Even if it's not really, it kind of feels like that a little bit. Yeah, it's a little crush, not like straight up in love. So basically every other anime. (laughs) Right. Again. Okay, yeah. Um, But anyway, they wake up the next morning and Kirito has found that the item that they're looking for, it's actually buried underneath the snow. It's the crystal ingot, I believe. Oh, yeah. Am I pronouncing that wrong? I have no idea. Um, Anyway. So they found it. It's just the material they're looking for to make this sword. But they realize, they're like, oh, this isn't actually a trap. This is a dragon's nest, and dragons are nocturnal. And it's light out. And it's morning. Huh. Like, <laughs> that's not good. And so, sure enough, the dragon comes sweeping down. And Kirito is like... the word swooping. Swooping? <laughs> swooping down. He swooped down. He swept. swept. He swept, swept down. down. Swooped. He flew. Flew. He sweeped. Dove, guys. He <laughs> dove. <laughs> landed. It used its wings to hit the ground <laughs> safely. Before we get into this, can I talk about the fact that the ingot is poop? Yes. <laughs> I was going to skip over that. I would prefer not to talk no. about that. No. Since you brought it up. Covered. We have to. <laughs> it's facts. You have to deal with it. It's true. It, what, um, the, the item supposedly was in the dragon... Now it's not in the dragon anymore. Okay, there. Yeah. <laughs> We've Thank covered you. it. So Are the master you happy, weapon Tari? is a poop sword. Yes. Yeah, that pretty much. Awesome. <laughs> that is great. Sh- it is literally a crappy sword. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm, I am so mad at myself for saying that now. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so the dragon comes. Sword. <laughs> It is. So the dragon dives down. Yeah. And Kirito, uh, he's like, that whole wall thing? I'm going to try that again. I've got a better idea. I'm going to try it again, but faster. So he picks up Liz and runs up. And instead of, like, instead of falling, he does a flip and lands on the dragon's back and sticks his sword in there so that they go flying up. And uh, the force of it going up, they, they you know, get flung up into the air. And they start falling down. In a scene pulled, like, straight from Miyazaki's, like, spirited away, I yeah. felt like. Like, where the cool. two of them are falling and holding hands, and she's yelling at him, and she's like, don't freak out, but I'm falling in love with you. And he's like, what? I can't hear you. And he's like, I was a river. That's cool. That doesn't make any sense. It helped me with cement. What? Anyway. <laughs> I love Miyazaki. I love that. That actually is my favorite Miyazaki movie. So, like, when they started doing that, I was like, I've seen this before. <laughs> 
Okay. I like Totoro, but Totoro Spirited is Away too. is my favorite. Spirited yeah. Away and, and Mononoke are like a tie for me. Oh, yeah. Well, they're two very different tones. Yeah. So it's like, if I don't want my heart ripped out, I'll watch Spirited Away. <laughs> but if I want my heart ripped out, I'll watch Mononoke. I like, I like to think that the wolves from Princess Mononoke are also where, like, Ghost from Game of Thrones comes from. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That they're actually dire wolves. Yeah. Right, right. It makes more sense. They're huge. (laughs) It's true. Um, Anyway. Anyway, so um, we go back to Elizabeth's shop. You know, they're they're free. They're out. You know, they can teleport again. And they go back, and she's forging the sword, and she's like, okay, okay, you know, I I will finish making the sword, and I'm going to tell him, and I'm going to ask him out. It's going to be awesome. It's totally not going to be awkward in this any way, it. shape, this or form. This, is this, is this has got to be it. He gave me a warm jacket to so, heal my hand. <laughs> so she makes this one-of-a-kind sword called Dark Repulsor. It's not even in any of the information broker's log. It's literally a one-of-a-kind. He's got the only one of it. Mm. So um, And he's testing it out, and sure enough, it's a really good sword. It's absolutely fantastic. He doesn't break it in half this time. <laughs> it truly is her masterpiece. And so as she's speaking to him, she's like, um, he's like, okay, great. How much do I owe you? And she's like, I don't need money. I, I was really hoping she'd just say you could buy me dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it even. so much more smoother, but... These they're all they're all in high school. They're not that's you true. haven't developed smoothness like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. You haven't. They're they're not good with the smooth talk yet. Yeah. But so as she's in the process of trying to explain that, she's like, I want to be your exclusive blacksmith. And he's like, what does that mean? She's like, I want to. And uh, it's like kind of finally starting to fall into place when who should come in but Asuna. Aww. And she's been freaking out because she's like, I tried to call you. You weren't appearing on the map. You weren't like my calls weren't going through. Like what happened? And she's like, oh, oh I, I got stuck in a dungeon. She's like, you went by yourself? No, I went with this guy. And that's when, you know, she notices Kirita for the first time. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, it's been a long time. It's been two days. Yeah. How you been? And it's at that point where Elizabeth realizes, it's like, oh, this is the guy that she, she was, was going to go you see. You want earrings for him? Yeah, and <laughs> as they're bickering back and forth, Elizabeth can notice it. But they can't. It's one of those things where if if you've ever been in this situation, it's super awkward to be. <laughs> because it's like you know that there's a connection there and that, you know, you've just become the third wheel. Mm-hmm. And that sucks so bad. The bad thing is, is that if she had gone for it, though, she probably would have stood a really good chance because they don't know yet that they're that there's a romantic connection there yet. Yeah. They're still just, you know, kind of bickering like an old married couple. Um, but Lisbeth, you know, very, very classy, you know, kind of bows out and she's like, you know, she leans into Asuna and she's like, don't screw this up. I'm going to go now. Bye, guys. And <laughs> Don't worry. Just take care of my shop for me. I'm going to hold down the yeah. board. I'm going to go cry. Which let this be a lesson to those people out there. There are positive elements of being assertive early, so you don't <laughs> end up in this circumstance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you've learned anything from the show, it's make a move. Do not wait. Yeah. <laughs> because you will miss the opportune moment. Make, yeah, that's exactly what yeah, this was. Make some of the yeah. poop sword and be assertive. <laughs> you were looking <laughs> for the opportune now. moment, Liz. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but um, so she leaves, and I guess it's just sort of the go-to place in any of the dungeons in this world to just go and cry and hide in the under fetal position yeah. is under, under a bridge. bridge. It's under a bridge. <laughs> and Kiri tells since he's been in this situation before knows exactly where to go. Um and under she's a like 
Yeah. And she's like, ah, if you had just given me a couple more minutes, I would have been able to go back to being cheerful. Um, and he's he just wanted to say, express his thanks, not only for making the sword, but this is when we get him expressing that he really does still feel guilty. And that for the longest time, he thought it was kind of better, maybe better just to die than to go in, like, living day after day with the guilt. And um, But she's the one that made him like see a little bit that no there's still a lot in this life that's worth living for yeah, so he yeah. wanted to thank her for that and so the episode ends with her you know smiling at him and saying you know you're welcome in my shop anytime Aww. and that's how this episode ends i uh, on the one i really liked this episode on the other hand i feel like them falling in love it happened a little too quickly but at the same time this is a girl who's not really used to going on adventures as she puts it so it's kind of like when people complain about companions in doctor who falling in love with the doctor it's the damn doctor you don't question how you follow the doctor you can come in right now i'll go with him i will peace out right now which doctor though all all of them okay i mean well specifically 10 Yep. Well, yeah, 10. I was mean, <laughs> just trying not to be so yeah, obvious. No, I'd run away with Tenant to be perfectly honest. Yeah, Tenant for sure. He'd do that Barty Crouch thing with his mouth. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. This is G-rated. But yeah. all, all in all, how do you guys feel about this one? Um, well, just to kind of touch on the, the fast love thing, like, at the beginning of the episode, uh, one of her first, like, lines was that she wanted to, like, find someone special. So I think she was just really kind of craving it, and so yeah. when she saw this person who impressed her, it was, like, her first chance to jump on, like, anyone who paid attention to her. Tara, get out of mean. my girl brain. That's exactly, <laughs> this is, no, it's exactly what happens. Like, even even recently, I mean, I'm 28, and, like, through this, this time period between one relationship and the one that I'm currently in, mm-hmm. you know, when you find yourself dating or just, like, really wanting some sort of companionship, you you're more in love with the idea itself than the actual person or people that you're, you know, going on dates and stuff with. And now considering that these kids, she's got to be, what, 15, 16? Probably around that age, yeah. So obviously she's not going to be thinking, like, twice about it. And also we have to also keep in mind, too, that, you know, it is a game where you can die it's That's a dangerous true. world. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to jump on that bandwagon, go ahead. You, know? <laughs> you might as well have fun while you're there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, for what it is, it was like a cute filler episode, and yet at the same time, you know, he gets a sword, a poop sword, but he gets a sword <laughs> that's going to mean really important later down the line in the episodes without giving away spoilers. And also, uh, you know, the whole thing you said, he, he finally came to peace with people exploding into polygons <laughs> because of him. So It's true. What about you, Matt? Uh, I will have my feedback once I've watched the actual episode. <laughs> yes. I feel bad we just spoiled the entire thing for you. No, it's okay. Well, to be fair, it wasn't like any cu- crazy huge story That's spoilers true. per yeah. se, and now I get to look forward to the entire journey Except of the Grimlock. pooping get to the poop sword. and uh, Logging out. Yeah, well, there is that. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> that was from an outside party. Yes. Um, but actually, no, I, I, I'll make sure you guys know when I watch it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, be sure to let us know. Um, but, okay, I, since that wraps it up for this week's episode, so I guess we can go ahead and go into the interview portion yeah. of today's Alrighty. show. So this is where you become useful <laughs> for one finally yes. my entire life. Comes Matthew, this moment. what makes you tick? <laughs> Gears. Um. <laughs> so how did you get into the? When did you decide you wanted to go into entertainment? Um, I, really, just being a ham growing up. I guess <laughs> uh, it, you know, as as a child, I've always been into storytelling. 
I've always loved, I love good novels. I've loved good video games, good films. Like the whole storytelling element to me always appealed. And I've always loved telling stories and telling jokes. And that was just part of my upbringing. So um, after years of going into community theater and just getting involved in different forms of art and media, uh, I wanted to give acting a shot before I had the responsibilities of like a family, you know, and kids. <laughs> and the point where it's harder to make those big, you know, very difficult, risky decisions. Yeah. And uh, after a few very interesting years of creative feeding myself you know <laughs> how do I flavor my ramen this week in my studio apartment um, it's it's been very good so the past the past uh, five or six years have been been very good to me so far you uh, you originally started doing some um, I don't know what your first ones are but I know that you did like various voices in like cowboy bebop yeah and you know other things so you were at least doing some really big name you know anime and stuff that we've heard of was anime the first thing that you got into the very very first thing i've got into was anime which is interesting because anime is much more technical than a lot of other forms of voiceover because it's not just you know voiceover performance you also have to match a believable performance to pre-existing animation and lip flap so it's thinking yeah it's a very technical process and so i think going in from that route prepared me for all other forms of voiceover uh, immediately, so it was, it was it was a cool introductory point. Um, even though those were a lot of those were background voices <laughs> and guys whose head explodes and <laughs> scene four, and the one guy's like, "Hey, he took my phone," you know, like that was you know everyone's got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. What's exactly. your favorite thing that you said as like a background character? Oh man, well, I, I, did, I did a lot. I actually did a lot of heads exploding in the Fist of the North Star series. Yes. Back in the day. Um, oh, by one more. I exactly. can't say the whole thing. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man, as a background character. It's it's hard to remember because you have a lot of like random one-off lines and stuff. One of my favorite lines that I got to say in the past few years that was for a Fist of the North Star video game. I've always scared named Ray, whose fingers could cut people into like slices and stuff. His Dude. whole thing. <laughs> and they, I guess the the script hadn't quite gone through adaptation for the English script, <laughs> oh. like the producer. This is gonna be good. And so he charges into combat, and we're just reading through the script. And I say the line without pre-reading it, and he says. There's no way you can stop me from getting my fingers inside you. <laughs> and uh, so the director and the producer looked at me, and I looked back at them, and we were like, we're going we're gonna to workshop that one for a minute. So hold tight. That was fun. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so um, what would you say, it's been how many years now that since you started doing voiceovers? Uh, for, the, for the tiny stuff back yeah. then, probably a good 14 years. Wow. As a full-time job, about seven, okay. eight or, seven or eight. What would you say then is the one um, job that you got that was really, would you say, your breakthrough role? I think really the breakthrough for me was Tigra and the New Thundercats. Yeah. Mm, Which was yeah. awesome, by Thank the you. way. Thank Which you. It was amazing. I was so upset when the season didn't go out. I was like, I know. No. I know. It's great. You know, not too many cartoon series end when the villain wins. So yeah. that was, that was yeah. an interesting for us. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was a great, it was a great opportunity. I got to work with uh, Andre Romano, who's one of the greatest voice directors in history. Mm-hmm. A lot of extremely talented people. Dee Bradley Baker, Corey Burton, Kevin Michael Richardson. Like, it was just an amazing dream team of people and it allowed me not just to get my name out there more so to the industry at large but I learned so many things from all those people that it's been an incredible turning point in my life Yeah, I will laugh at that show it's like dude you got to work by Terry McGinnis (laughs) (laughs) I know which is pretty cool yeah Yeah. I mean all of them yeah no all of them are really big names in the voice acting industry Um, but (laughs) you've done a lot of other stuff too you mentioned you did community theater you've done Mm -hmm. several web series Mm -hmm. what do you do, do you have a favorite in terms like do you like doing a particular kind of voice acting or do you like doing live action? Do you like being behind the camera more or being in front of the camera? Or is it all just a great, great big party? It all fills, it all fulfills different types of, of creative interests. You know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the production elements of projects. I like writing. I like producing. I like directing. Um, 
from a performance standpoint, I really enjoy voiceover because I grew up a big gaming and cartoon geek, and being a part of that to me will always be a huge you know part of the appeal. Um, plus, as voiceover, I get to play a lot more varying characters, whereas on camera, you're very pigeonholed by what you look like. I love what he's doing right now because I'm like I'm from New York, so I do that in general anyway. <laughs> but like. I mean, you look at and you view people when they do a behind-the-scenes look at people doing voiceovers, and it, it, you know, for anybody out there who wants to do voiceovers, it's not about just using your voice. Like, you're actually acting as these characters. So, and he's just talking, and he's, like, you're acting as you're speaking it out, and it's like, you can see the passion, and it's just, it's so great. It must be so fun. Uh, I'm also known as a flailer. (laughs) I I need a personal space bubble if we're doing a group recording, or people will get hurt. If I get slapped Uh, in the face, guys, it's fine. It's just a memory. (laughs) Watch it on YouTube. Table reads. Do people like again. scoot away because they're like, he's going to smack me in the face? Uh, they, they learn eventually to do so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a learning process. After the bruises fade, eventually they give me a nice. The healing wide birth. can begin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the kids' table. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What would you say? Um, now you've also written a lot and you've you've directed um, quite a few things. One of my personal favorites. Um, I've known Matt for a couple years through mutual acquaintances, and I actually got to be lucky enough to have a two sh- second shot as a Hyrulean hobo yes. <laughs> on a series mini series called There Will Be Brawl. Yes, um, and that was I think I, I one of my favorite things that a fan's base... I mean, go ahead and explain it. It's just too... <laughs> For those who haven't seen it, it was back in 2009, my first real foray into, into web filmmaking. Uh, it's a it's a live-action film noir HBO crime drama version of the Nintendo universe, yes. specifically Smash Brothers. And so imagine, like, a dystopian Mushroom Kingdom, all live-action with, like, prosthetics and major costumes <laughs> and effects where, like, you know, a trench coat-wearing Luigi is living in the shadow of what the brothers once were. Mario has kind of fallen from grace. Princess Peach is trying to hold together her kingdom before she, of course, gets kidnapped or vanishes. All these mafia dons <laughs> fill the void while a series of copycat murders from the, the famous cannibal Cur- Kirby murders from five years previous are starting to <laughs> occur. It's a really dark, twisted It sounds show. a lot yeah. like it's, Sin City. It's not, you know? yeah. it's not kid-friendly Smash either. Brothers. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to go put it out there because I was think I remember watching it with a friend and the little brother of the friend was like behind him, like, oh, what are you guys watching? And then just seeing Kirby with maniacal looking with teeth <laughs> and, um, and some gore and, and, and some of the things they're saying. There's a couple sex scenes in it, too. There's a couple too, sex scenes. Know. It's just, uh, you know, like, woohoo. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not definitely not for uh, younger children, but it's yeah. hysterical and uh, it, it was one of my favorite things that I think I've I've watched. And what is they're only like ten minutes long each episode. Oh, or? I wish. No, there's ten episodes, but they progressively got longer and longer. Yeah. Like, the last episode is thirty five minutes long. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I remember uh, that. Altogether, I think the running time is three and a half hours. So that's kind of funny nice. when you start out. You're like, oh, we'll just do like ten minutes every week, and yeah. then it just it spirals out of control because yep. the story gets bigger than you expect. <laughs> <laughs> but to point out too, this was also kind of like a little mini passion project and a lot of funding before. I mean, because you guys, it's on the Escapist, right? Yeah, the Escapist picked it up after episode. Uh, the first episode went up, and we had made two episodes, and then had no money. Yeah. So, but I mean, the work that went into it, the hours of preparation, and you know, running a little later than on time. But the makeup work—I mean, these were friends of yours. Yeah. That, that... Nobody, nobody got paid. It was all sheer passion. <laughs> was, yeah. All the money that we got from funding went towards the production. And all that being said, when the series was over, I made a grand total of negative four thousand dollars <laughs> on the web series. So it was, really was a passion project. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You but, made a great Hyrulean hobo. Yes. I was like, wait, ready? Ready for this? Everybody watch on YouTube, okay? 
That's it. This woman an Oscar. <laughs> it's intense. Awesome. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Well done. Um, yeah, but I would. I mean, the, I'm 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 not stalking you, so I don't know how many of these projects you've had since. Is that one of the biggest? You said it's one of the first. Has there been many since then? We've had a few since then. I've been involved in a few of the projects. Uh, recently, of note, there was last year a series called School of Thrones that we did, which is fantastic. Oh, you By the way, I love School I of Thrones. I couldn't watch it because at the time I had not yet gotten into Game of Thrones, and now. Uh, that you just mentioned uh, yes. it, I'm like, oh god, I remember, I have to watch yeah, that. Yeah, go back and watch it. It's, it's essentially the, uh, the Game of Thrones universe, but uh, in high school. Yeah, yeah. In, in like a 1980s kind of John Hughes high school <laughs> Breakfast Club type film. And so we did three episodes of that, which, which was a lot of fun. And then right now we have on Kickstarter a new series called Muzzled the Musical um, that finishes at the beginning of July. July 2nd is our last day. We're nice. almost to our goal. Um, a lot of the same cast from School of Thrones. We have Ashley Birch, Mary Kay Wiles, and Ashley Clemens from the, uh, the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. We have Kevin Sorbo and Juliet Landau. Wow. A nice. bunch of other great talent involved, and it's a, it's a fantasy musical that is really fun and silly and, and a lot of fun, so check it out. Can What's you tell that? us what it's about? Uh, as fast as I can say, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a modern-day fantasy world where, where singing, your actual musical singing ability is magical power. So to control the elements is by the power of your voice. That sounds fantastic. So there are like song battles, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z style, with, with music. Yes, um, yes uh, this is a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> However, uh, you know, 20 years ago, there was a big battle between like the Black Hearts of the, of the kingdom and the Royals, and the Royals won. All the Black Hearts were kind of relegated to the ghetto and given these things called muzzle marks. They're like arcane marks on their throat that if they try and sing, it essentially burns and tasers them. Uh. And, that, and that's how it keeps him subjugated. And the main character, Malfalia, is the daughter of the Blackheart, Blackheart's leader who has been living in the society, who wants to be part of the royal society and sees these princesses and just wants to be part of that wonderful Disney-esque world. <laughs> who and, wrote this? Uh, th- this was written by me and Zach Grafton, the same guys who made There Will Be Brawl. This yeah. is kind of our, our new return to form. It sounds of awesome. Um, yeah. but, Can't but, confess. Yeah, but when she meets the actual royal society, he realizes how terrible they are and like how, how like <laughs> Paris Hilton-esque mean girls that click is and decides to infiltrate and destroy it from the inside and uh, so that's kind of the basis behind it. Through the power it. of song. Yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. What's the, what is the website again where they can, uh, people can listening in can try to help donate the uh, You can go, go to Kickstarter. It's called Muzzled the Musical. You can also go to muzzledthemusical.com and that should lead you directly to the Kickstarter. We have a fun video that gives you an example of kind of uh, the people and the quality of the project on no budget, so let alone what we can do with, with everyone's <laughs> help. Um, it's directed by Sean Becker, who directed The Guild and a bunch of other great uh, web projects. That's and awesome. uh, check it out. Well, it sounds like you got an all star team working on it. It sounds absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Um, goodness, what do you have um, in terms of like the, the voice acting that you've done? Do you have a particular favorite? Oh, it's like picking children. Like, I love, you know, there's a lot of things. I've been really enjoying uh, Levi and Attack on Titan because he, I just love that show so much. Um, I also I enjoyed Thundercats. I enjoyed uh, Alvin in Tales of Exilia, which is a video game that came out last year. And Tales of Exilia 2, the sequel, which I get to play Alvin in again as well, comes out next month. Uh, he was a lot of fun. Uh, I will say I have a couple of great video game characters and some really big video game titles that haven't they haven't announced me yet, so I can't talk about uh, it. But if you follow me throughout the year, I'll have announcements and stuff. But good stuff awesome. is on yeah. the way. Really, yeah. really awesome good stuff is coming. So what I'm rhyme with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I said the the chip in the back of my skull that they implanted would detonate. Uh, <laughs> um, Damn. The last yeah. thing we want is to have somebody dead in the studio. That's just awkward. I would just say a lot of E3 this year was really, really cool and really, really frustrating because I was sitting <laughs> out, sitting a lot of non-disclosure agreements. 
Oh man, and it's gonna be hard to like remember some of them as well. I can just imagine if you're working with so many projects that have the disclosure agreements, you're like, I just yeah, Yeah. you're like, I don't remember what I can and can't talk about, so I'm just gonna not say anything. Anything. It is totally that's the kind of thing. Like I just don't want to make that misstep because it all has to do is hit Twitter, and all of a sudden I'm getting calls from producers saying I'm in breach of contract. I'm like, I was just excited. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, is there any um? people that you haven't worked with yet that you you wish that you would work with or you hope to in the future or maybe big companies like do you want to ever do anything like a big Disney movie or oh man I've done a little bit of work with Disney and I love them they've been great I would love to do more work uh, with Cartoon Network specifically just a lot of their animated department there um, you know I, I, I love all forms of animation and so being a part of that is great as far as a specific individual oh man I would love to work with Frank Welker like one of the oh one gosh of the greats that would be fantastic. Yeah. And, and Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> well, duh. So, so the, yeah, those are the two that, that directly come to my mind. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Tara Strong a few times now, and like, so that was one little you know, oh bucket gosh. list item off the list. She is nice. as amazing as like I would just assume she has to be oh, as yeah. a person. Like, oh, yeah. And she is, she mean, is delightfully perverse. Yes. <laughs> she, there is yes. no filter on that girl. It is I really, awesome. I really hope every time she says something really horridly disturbing, she's doing Bubbles voice or something. Yeah, no, she does that. It's yes. great. It's great. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense actually why she was cast for Drawn Together then. That yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. She, yeah. she is, she is brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> um, do you, do you see, uh, Anything in the future that like you want to be doing as far as like uh, any more passion? I mean, you're you're just working on this musical then, but I mean, is is that ever leading to something? Or I mean, do you hope to kind of like pitch a TV series or something? I mean, that you've yeah, written? ultimately, uh, you know, if Muzzle does well, we'd like to to take it to a larger format. I have two cartoon projects I've been developing for the past three years that we're in in a heavy pitching stage right now. I have a couple other web series projects that we're talking to that I can't say yet because they're in that <laughs> stage. But yeah, I have I have like twelve irons in the fire right now, and knowing my luck, a bunch of them will go off. At once a bunch are going off at once right now, and I'm just tearing my hair out. But it's the kind of problem, <laughs> kind of problem you want to have. Yeah, yeah. Darn it, I'm too successful. <laughs> Why? Why is this happening to me? I'm not complaining. It's just you know, sleep becomes a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do. I do have a. There was a film series. Uh, I think the first film, at least coming out at the end of this year, called Mythica. That's a, a fantasy trilogy series that uh, I play the villain. Yes. In uh, very awesome, like high fantasy kind of Lord of the Rings style, I play a necromancer named Zorlock. Nice, and you can find the teaser on YouTube. But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I just I'm I'm just laughing because I remember I was on the you know when I was calling Matt to see if he wanted to come in and join us. Um, you know, one of the things I, I said was like, yeah, you always I always see on your Facebook and you know Twitter and stuff that you got you know you're you're at a convention or you're this and that. You know, I'm like, where do you where do you find the time and uh, and or how do you choose that? And he was just like, I mean, I really just want to stay home. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that whole process. I mean, it, it, you know, it's 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 fun. I, I can't complain. Like, you know, things have been really good recently, and and I love going to these events and meeting the fans and and really kind of being involved in the community that is helping even give me a career. You know, I have mm-hmm. to give back as much as I can and inspire hopefully a bunch of new actors that want to come into voiceover as well and help them however I can. Yeah, if you have any advice that you want to give for people who want to get into not only voice acting but the entertainment industry in general, what would you tell them? Uh, to, to voiceover or any form of acting, like and I can't stress it enough, you need to take classes. You need to train properly to be competitive because when you decide to make it your life, you know your your career. You are stepping into the the you know the dog pit. You are you are now amongst <laughs> yeah. hundreds, if not thousands, of other actors that are all been training for years and years. So you have to find every way to get that competitive edge and be the best you possibly can. So you need to train as an actor mm-hmm. for all forms of entertainment. Honestly, just be passionate, be respectful, be respectful, and and do the work. 
You know, the, the moment you start slacking or trying to put the responsibility on other people, people will suddenly will not be there and work with you anymore. Mm-hmm. So just be respectful, be a hard worker, and be positive. Be a, be a source of positivity. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I think that just about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps up all the time we have. I'm afraid. Well, no thank you, Matthew, so much for coming into the studio to talk about yes. Sword Art Online and just to give us, um, you know, this really great interview. Um, where can the people find you if they're looking to find out more? Uh, well, thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Mercer, uh, M A T T H E W M E R C E R. You can also find me on Facebook, and uh, yeah, just I'll, I'll have cool updates coming up soon, and hopefully if those out there do the convention scene, I'll get to meet you all at some point in the near future. Awesome. Here's hoping, because um, that, that, I really want to hear more about that musical. That's fantastic. Yeah. Liz, where can people find you? Hi, everyone. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lizzie Maui. That's L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. You can also check me out later on tonight for the season premiere of The Musketeers. And I'm also on the panel Dominion on Thursday nights with my buddy Tari here. Yeah. <laughs> Tari. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Um, I'm also, as Liz said, on the Thursday Dominion panel. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at The Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Uh, you can also find me on the Attack on Titan panel on Sunday nights. And you can follow Katie on Twitter at Kia's J. Uh, <laughs> I can never spell it. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us for the Sword Art Online panel. We will see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 